You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. And we are here with Meredith Connolly, who is an amazing artist at Charlotte Shout. Now, you're probably asking, what is Charlotte Shout? Well, guess what? I'm going to tell you a little bit about it, but this starts today, April 1st. Now, let's chat. If you've ever been to the Whitewater Center during the winter the past couple of years, one of the highlights has to surely be the Whitewater Lights along their wooded trails. This exhibit has brought in thousands of visitors to the center during colder months when whitewater rafting is not a top-of-the-list outdoor activity. Now, the same artist, Meredith Connolly, is lighting up a couple of popular uh, exhibits around town, like the Rail Trail in South End, and in April, today, Charlotte Shout. Now, this is exciting times for Meredith Connolly. She is an amazing artist who blends light and technology with art that dazzles us. We're excited to learn more about her, learn more about her art. You got to check out her Instagram, check out her website. But again, you got to check out Charlotte Shout. She's one of the many amazing artists that will be launching today, and it goes for a couple of weeks. So Google that, uh, and and, uh, in the next couple of minutes, you're going to learn some amazing things about Meredith Welcome, Meredith, to this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to be here and to share more about my installation that's part of Charlotte Shout. Uh, Charlotte Shout's actually presented by uh, uh, Charlotte Center City Partners, and there's a ton of immersive art, food, music, and uh, creative leaders that are part of this. So I'm actually just one of many creatives in the community exhibiting, which is, is super cool and super exciting. Um, it's presented by Atrium Health and Bank of America. Lowe's is the art sponsor. So it is just going to be an amazing, massive arts festival taking over the city. Um, the work that I'm doing is an installation called Snails. Uh, that's a, uh, so about 300 objects that are going to be installed at Romeo Beard and Park. And it's going to just take it over. Uh, so they're all illuminated. And I just can't wait to, to share more about that with you guys. That is awesome. Thank you for being here, Meredith. We, we appreciate it. Absolutely. Looking forward to learning more. And we love your art. And, and I don't think we're alone with that. Um, how, how did you get started as an artist? Well, you know, I really first started creating uh, in a more serious way when I was about age 16. I uh, studied under an artist named Doug Campbell. Uh, and he was really the first artist where I saw someone was making a living creating art. And I made uh, my first metal sculpture at that age. And it was years and years before I called myself an artist, but that really ignited uh, my passion and drive to create. Uh, And then you fast forward to about by age 17, I had moved to France and was living in Paris, just going to museums and and drawing. I had a non-traditional route there. Um, So that's really where the passion ignited and then uh, fast forward to my current uh, phase in life, and I am making every day full time and then some. Wow. That's that's so cool. And I, me and Scott talk about this a lot. Um, you know, I love art, and and I just don't think I was really good at it, right? But like I loved it, but I don't think anybody would ever pay me for what I did. But my mom put all my stuff on the fridge, and my grandmother framed all the stuff that I have, <laughs> and you name it. But I was fascinated with being able to be creative and and put kind of your visualizations and and what your brain's thinking onto onto paper or whatever you know medium that you're using. Yeah. And one of the cool things that you've been able to do is really incorporate 
you know, illuminations and lights and, and things that are just very vibrant. And if you have ever got the experience to go out to the Whitewater Lights exhibit uh, in 2019, you would see exactly what we're talking about. Tell us how that journey went from, you know, being super creative and loving art and then deciding how you could incorporate really lights and visuals to, to really express, um, you know, what you are seeing and the feelings and the emotions that come around that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it really is interesting how it, it came about. I remember I was in um, my second year in college and I was taking an art appreciation class and I saw for the first time in a book um, this concept of installation sculpture, which installation is really designing around a space. It's not creating art and putting it on a pedestal. It's putting art in an immersive way out into the environment. Um, and so when I saw that, I wanted to kind of explore that concept as an artist. And so I started by installing these translucent panels around existing lighting that was already in the space. So like think cam lights in a, in a space. And I designed around and hung the panels. And from there, that felt really limiting. I was like, this, I want to sculpt with this material. How can I do that? Uh, so I, it started to snowball and it's continued from there. Uh, I originally started working with rope lighting or tube lighting and pre-cut segments that I could get at the hardware store. Uh, from there, I researched and bought bulk lighting and learned how to wire it. And then, you know, by the time I was uh, doing work like similar to work at the White Water Center or iHeart Rail Trail or my recent permanent installation at Atherton Mill called Fairy Ring, um, I, I had gained the skills and experience to really understand the electrical and the amperage and power run behind behind that. So it's been a really interesting element of my work. Um, I think the really cool thing about light as a material is that it, it's the only material I've found that reaches beyond a sculptural work and actually touches the viewer. I think that's really neat. It accentuates and changes the environment that surrounds it. Uh, and I find that to be something that is really compelling and is sparks curiosity that's continued through my career and process. Lighting is everything. I mean, it, it sets is. the tone, it sets the mood. Like, is it too bright? Is it is it perfect? Is it comfortable? Uh, my wife's in the restaurant business and she is a stickler with where the lights yeah. are set in the restaurant constantly, right? And it changes throughout the day based on your natural light. Um, how do you, how do you fabricate them? I see the snails are like 3d printed, but you probably yeah. like work on a, a lot of different mediums. Yeah, I do. So I'd love to talk about snails and then some of my other, uh, other practices, but the 3d printed snails, I'm working with a business, um, called making things Charlotte. And, um, it's a local designer named Joel, named Joel Bonsera and he's wonderful. And so we basically used a process called photogrammetry. So I actually took a snail specimen, um, an actual shell, because uh, I'm inspired by science, nature, and technology. So having that like scientific specimen or that natural element was really interesting. And Joel, he was able to pull it into the software using this process called photogrammetry, where they take hundreds and thousands of pictures that circle all directions around the object. From there, it creates this image cloud, and we were able to draw and digitally model the form that is then printed. Um, for that project, it the portion of it's printed with a filament that's recycled, made from recycled water bottles. So that's something that's really interesting to me is sustainable materials, industrial materials. Um, I've created large mushroom forms out of cast fiberglass. Uh, I use thermoplastic, which is something that I, it's a plastic, I melt and hand sculpt. So depending on the design, uh, 
um, and my vision for the work, that's kind of how I, that's the next step for me is, all right, what material is best suited for this particular work of art and how will it diffuse light? So I'm kind of new to the the light art per se. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I got to see, which was pretty cool, is they did this, and it's a travel, it's a worldwide, I believe, traveling art exhibit that is a illuminated globe, right? That was over Belmont, and yeah, it's that's moonlight on me. Yeah, yeah. So okay. <laughs> and I was trying to think of the name of it. I'm so sorry about that. But no, what okay. a cool. Just a, a cool thing, right? Like to see, I was yep. like, that's fascinating. So with you, you've gotten the ability to do what I would say is like kind of like pop-up art, right? That it's not going to be permanent. You're creating it there for, for a couple different weeks, but you've also done some permanent things where you've done some mushrooms that are in Raleigh uh, at Daniel Stowe. And now I believe if I'm reading this, a permanent installation with Southend as well. How cool has it been to see maybe, and I don't want to call it traveling art. That's probably the worst terminology, but you, you create oh, okay. these these kind of, you know, exhibits per se. Yeah. And then you find people that are like, could you make that, you know, permanent art, right? So tell us how that journey happened and, and where can we find some of the permanent art as well as coming out and checking out Charlotte Shout with your snails and Romere Bearden Park? Yeah, absolutely. So I um, actually recently opened my first permanent sculpture, and that's at Atherton Mill uh, in South and Charlotte, and it um, consists of 112 cast fiberglass mushrooms. But before I moved into permanent work, it really was what I like to call temporary installation, which is really experiential. You, It happens for a period of time. Um, and visitors kind of stumble upon it and experience it. It's really immersive. Um, and I actually had some mushrooms at the Moonlight on Main in Belmont uh, around the fountain. Um, those popped up unexpectedly. And again, temporary work in Raleigh as well. Um, I really enjoy both processes and both opportunities because I think they're really different ways to meet people where they are. And I think that's what's cool about public art in general is it's it takes art outside the confines of a building or the idea that we need to, I mean, there's this idea in the gallery and art world that people need to be dressed up or know a lot to come and have this art experience, which is not true. And I think by putting art out into the world and meeting people where they are, it trans, transcends age, race, socioeconomic status, and really just lets people experience it on this foundational primal level. And so that's why I really enjoy the pop-ups and I really enjoy the temporary installations. Um, and I do have, like I said, my, my first permanent installation, Fairy Ring, but I also have another big project slated for spring of 2023 um, through the county of Mecklenburg. And we will be doing something in Mint Hill at a 90-acre uh, farm. That's so that's a really awesome. big, big one that I'm working acres. on. Yeah, it's exciting. Wow. I can't wait. 90 I'm, acres? I really can't. I'm rolling through yeah, your it's website. 90... It's freaking amazing. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I've never seen anything yeah, like no, it. Yeah, it's it really is. cool to be here. I mean, I, I, you know, people talk about like, oh, act like you've been here before or, you know, play it cool. That is not my personality. I'm going to celebrate being able to to do this and hopefully to support other um, underrepresented uh, artists in our community. I try to hire emerging artists onto my installation team for work experience and really to give back in that way because it's it's taken me for 10 years i funded my own installations so it, it feels really special and unique to be able to do this and to create something for the community in that way i feel like your your art needs to be in the airport 
you know? <laughs> like they, they've yeah. done such a cool uh, blend with all their growth uh, in the terminals and all of that. Um, it just seems like that would be a perfect home for some of your pieces. I'm looking at the Umbra, uh, if that's how I pronounce it, phase one. Yeah. It looks like a big ball of fire. Um, <laughs> Can, can you talk on that piece for a minute? Yeah, so that's a, um, so I have like my public work, which is what I've been bridged over and doing for the past three years or so. Uh, but before I crossed that threshold, I was designing site-based installations inside like Umbra that you referenced. And so all of those works were made out of woven lighting. So I was actually taking rope lighting or tube lighting and weaving it in a basket-like way with zip ties. And then I would encase that in uh, papers or materials that would typically be seen as something you would use and throw away. Wax paper, coffee filters, uh, things like that, that diffuse the light, but people aren't gonna be like, oh, wow, that's a gorgeous coffee filter. So playing with that <laughs> perception was really interesting. Uh, and then for that piece in particular, I partnered with an opera singer. And so there's a performance element to that, that if you were there, at the installation when she sang the sculpture would pulse and move and respond to her voice what? the lights would change with her voice and so playing with with those technology elements has also been a really integral part of my process and something that i continue exploring and i think that sometimes that surfaces in different ways with umbra it was the sound reactive piece with snails it's incorporating this really technical process with 3d printing and photogrammetry but using a one of the oldest, you know, natural geometrically perfect forms as inspiration, like connecting that past ancient element of art to the to the daily contemporary life that we're leading and kind of merging that is a conversation that is really compelling to me. What um, I'm thinking about this, like from a from a medium and you think about technology and now you have LED lighting and yes. you can have super powerful you know, light without really requiring that much power. Yeah. It feels like this is a new type of medium. I'm not saying that people haven't incorporated light in the past. Cause you could probably mm -hmm. go back to artists that incorporated candles and certain things way back in the day, but yeah. this isn't like taking a, 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 you know, a canvas and painting, right. Where there's been paintings forever. You guys are kind of creating your own path and some things that people haven't seen. I think that's why it's so fascinating to me is you go and you look at some of this art and you're like, how is that even possible? Right? Like it's super <laughs> incredible and it's, and the visual it's just amazing. Like it's, I, I don't know. And, and is that kind of the vision that you had as well as like, as technology gets better, it almost seems like art is now taking that next step in a certain direction. Well, and I think it's, yeah, for sure. And I think it's one of those things in terms of access and looking at um, what we have in front of us in terms of materials, you know, some people wouldn't, classify light as a material or technology as a material but i look at it as a material or and or a tool um, it's another way to be expressive and how can we push the boundaries and and play with that and i think for me the way that i design or create as an artist i'm a visualizer so i'll look at a space in like romare beard and park for instance and be like i i, I want to put 300 glowing snails there and i can see what that would look like just and and so i work backwards to achieve that and technology just helps me do that so um i think it's really interesting to see how people incorporate it in their work and i'm very curious what that's going to be like as um things continue to progress 
have you worked with any corporations that have inc- that, that want to incorporate your art in, in their new offices? Have you worked with any you know business type of builders? Is that something that you do as well? Yeah. Like kind of contract <laughs> art, I, I would say. I don't know how, if that's yeah, a, commissioned, I, I art. Commission. commissioned art. Commissioned yeah, art. Yeah, I, yes. I have um, I have several commissions on my plate, and you know I think that's what is still surreal. Um, you know, like I said, I did fund my own work for ten years, so getting to a place where people are are calling and are interested in having permanent works or commissioned works um, in their spaces is truly an honor. And I don't take that for granted or lightly. Uh, But yeah, I do have some, um, especially with all the development going in in Charlotte and the growth of our city, uh, there's definitely some commissions on my plate. And I can't, I can't disclose who and where just yet, but a lot of good things coming. One in particular is at um, the Charlotte Art League, which is a new art hub for the community. And I'll be installing some uh, functional sculptural lighting in the space around some solar powered uh, tubes that they have installed. So that's just, it's challenging and different uh, depending on what space and what they're looking for, which is also really fun to sharpen those creative skills as well. From I'm sure this varies, but from start to finish on a project for you, like What's the timeline? How, how long do these things take? <laughs> um, well, I can give some I can give some examples. Um, sh- snail, the snail concept, for instance, I've been trying to identify a process to actualize the vision or the the, the goal that I want to create. I, I've been working and playing with that concept for, for two and a half years until I arrived at 3D printing and connected with Joel and found that this was the most effective way. Um, so that one has been a long time in the making in terms of conceptualizing it and getting there. While other projects, you know, it, if there's an artist call and I'm submitting and I can, you know, make a mush, make 200 mushrooms in three months sculpted by hand with my team. So it really does depend on the process and just the idea behind it and making sure that it's the timing is right. Um, so that varies. I, Lights, for instance, that's a really good way to kind of answer that question. Um, I had a team of about 10 artists working with me on that project, and we created over 400 art objects in a three-month period. Wow. And those were installed over a three-week period. That's cool. Wow. Yeah. So, so I, I got a question about Charlotte in general. <laughs> Um, so I've been yeah. here since 2010, and I think when I got here, you know, the biggest challenge for Charlotte was we're not just a banking city, right? right. And then you look at, at what some people have been able to create, like Charlotte is Creative and all these different organizations and, and things that yeah. really have, have pushed, um, in my mind, the artists in the city to really showcase who they are and yeah. what they are. If you go to the best cities in the world, the things that differentiate them from others is not necessarily the industries that they dominate, but it's really the artwork that, that creates the landscape of that, right? You go to New York, any building you go into, there's beautiful art pieces, you know, that could happen anywhere. And I think it's really cool to see, you know, even, even, you know, with South end creating art along, um, you know, that path, which is incredible. And yeah. I, and I lived in uh, right on that path when it was nothing, you know, like there was yeah, nothing. Yeah. It was just kind of like, there's a, a sidewalk that you ran down and the, and the train would pass you every once in a while. Um, but now it's different. So tell me how, how have you seen the city grow? How have you seen the city really, I don't want to say fall in love with art, but really start to appreciate it and now figure out like, that's really what will make our city beautiful. It's not all of the high rises and the new buildings that go up, but it's how are we designing those and how are we incorporating art into that? And I'd love to see if You've had, you know, maybe some crazy conversations with somebody that 
10 years ago would have never in a million years thought they'd be talking about you know, creating an, uh, a commissioned art piece or, you know, working with the city to do something really cool from an art festival standpoint. I just love to see, you know, how your vision has been, as, or, or excuse me, your experience as far as where Charlotte is going from a creative and how you guys are doing that as an artist. Yeah, I think it's, I think you brought up a really good point because I, I moved here a little bit after 2010 and it was shortly after the recession and galleries were closing and it did feel very much like a city that kind of closed at 5 p.m. and felt stark uptown. And I think that that has transitioned um, and Charlotte's really, you know, while it's it's been around since the 1700s, I think in terms of like this being a big city, it's a young big city. So it's growing and it's changing rapidly. And I think that that's what's really, really cool about being working artists in the community. We have a really amazing and diverse arts community here and we're all kind of growing and pushing the movement in that area. And you mentioned Charlotte is creative and other arts organizations, they're popping up and they're supporting that and they're they're calling to action developers and the cities and the communities to really put art as a as a foundational and integral part of their planning. And I think that's critical because I think there's a lot of times that people forget that as artists, we're also small businesses. So mm -hmm. we need we need to support our creative community and that's gonna help expand it. And I think the other really cool thing about that is it's really beautiful and rare timing when you have a career that can grow alongside something and so like i it's been neat as the city has grown i've my career has been able to grow with that and i feel like um there's some sustainability there that is is rare and wonderful and i hope that we continue down this path because I, I think charlotte's really finding its soul and we've got a lot of really good initiatives happening and people speaking about it which is really important hundred percent and art like music uh and sports it just brings people together we're all looking for connectivity and creativity and fun city with with a lot of different cultures and you know social aspects so that's really oh, cool absolutely and i mean i think that's what's really cool about um charlotte shout is that you know this is a, a festival that showcases all elements of art and is really focused on supporting local artists and you know they put out contracted fees so like local artists are getting are getting paid accordingly to install and to create this for the community i mean i i mean a 17 day arts festival like i i'm I, it's amazing it needs to happen we're doing it um and to have poetry and music and food and installation um and yoga and all of these these different ways of people being expressive happening simultaneously it's amazing That's, we it. need more of that <laughs> absolutely we do we've been missing that yeah <laughs> for right? two years now right? you know like yeah, yeah. Um, and i think that that's a good point too it's it's like i think that you know the pandemic i think it showed a lot of us what um what we were missing in different ways and in different elements in our our lives and i think that there's more weight now and more uh humility and appreciation for those those things sure. the, the the coming together and like the breaking of bread which for me is you know that in my own way putting snails out in in the park is is that opportunity to create uh, a space for people to do that love i love it. it how do people attend charlotte shout and and what's kind of the process in that um since it starts today 
Yeah, so it is actually happening. If you go to the website charlotteshout.com or follow at charlotteshout on Instagram, there's a great schedule there that will tell you about all the site locations. Um, it's not just local artists, there's international artists and installations coming. That's really the best way. Uh, but if you meander around Uptown Charlotte, April 1st through the 17th, you're going to stumble upon a pro program, that's for sure. There are things happening all over the, the city. That's awesome. Uptown that's awesome. needs that too. Yeah. <laughs> it's sure. been a freaking ghost town up there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, it's, and it's cool too, guys, because it's free. Like it's free for people. So I think that's another thing. And the, the, the city and the county have put dollars behind it as well as um, some of the sponsors in, in order to make it free for people. And I think that that's a big, big thing for, for me is being really passionate about public art and accessibility, that this is something anyone can come to. I love it. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. And this is awesome. Well, Meredith, uh, before we, we, you know, let you go, what's the best way for people to, to follow your journey, get in touch with you and, um, you know, if they're a business or, or whoever that might be looking for commission art as well, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Absolutely. Uh, they can contact me through my website, www.meredithconnelly.com, or they can check me out on Instagram at meredith.connelly. Love it. Well, this is awesome. I uh, I look forward to checking it out with um, with my my boys and my wife. Um, like I said, I I love art. I wasn't good at it, but you know what? I'm glad some people are. You know, it's all about appreciation. You're an athlete, man. Yeah, it's a, yeah. I'll take that. I'm an athlete. My own form of art is being an athlete. Yeah. That's correct. There you go. Um, that, and that is not my form of art. Okay. So we all. Yeah. He likes getting soccer balls kicked yeah. at him. Yeah, that was. I'm retired. He's a goalie. World. Yeah, retired oh. goalie. Retired. Yeah. I I, I, I dropped that off. Goalie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those days, people call me up now. They're like, "You want to play in an adult league?" And I'm like, "Absolutely not." I, uh, <laughs> if I dove around and See, did everything like I did, time. yeah, I, it would now it would you be have painful. Time to make art. That's right. Yeah, that's make right. You know right. what? I love my son's art. He's three years old, and oh, he he's now starting to figure out how to actually color in the lines. And every time he comes back from um, from school, he is so excited to show us all of his art. So now yeah. my house is now all of the artwork and, Lots uh, of stick and figures. It. yeah, it, you know, it's oh, a lot I of everything. I, I will, his, his teachers uh, at his school are some of the most creative people and what they've been able to, to help them create at such a young age is, is really awesome. I'm, some of the pieces you know. literally hang like from our walls at our house. Oh my oh, no, God. I we love our kids. Truly, yeah. You got to inspire them to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. And, they, and they've, they've said that I think it's between the age of one and seven, uh, the brain develops, at like 85% of what the capacity is. So, you know, those are the years that you need your kids to be super creative and, uh, and, and just throwing an iPad in front of them is not going to help yeah. that. You gotta, you gotta, last night we played fireman and it was just like, I mean, dude, he literally thinks the house is on fire. You know, it's I'm, like, I'm sitting here, I'm like the imagination of a three-year-old and you just got to run with it. I'm no, like, put it, put like the fire out. He's like, I got it. I got it. <laughs> So he's his own artist. And I feel like that it helps. I think it helps adults. Like when I'm like that with my daughter, she's my, I have an 18 year old and a six year old, but when I'm playing with Piper, my little one, I feel exactly the same way. I'm like, man, I needed this, like just to play and get creative. Carefree energy. So good for the soul. So I love that age. It's so fun. Enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We, we appreciate it. It's so cool that we got to have you on, you know, the day that, uh, that Charlotte shout is, is starting and, 
you know, this is going to be going on for the next 16 days. So don't think that if you already have, you know, weekend plans that you can't make it happen, um, figure it out, check out their website, you know, bring your family. And uh, I think you will not, um, well, you will be impressed. I don't know where I was going with that, but you know what I mean. <laughs> not be You'll, disappointed. Yeah, not be not disappointed. That's right. Go. That's right. <laughs> Uh, we're just going to close this out. It's been a good one. <laughs> Meredith, you are awesome. Thank you, Meredith. Yes, thank you so much. Y'all like, share, comment, check it out. And uh, we can't wait uh, to to see where it goes, you know. And yeah, um, I hope your art is all over the place in the future. And uh, just by looking at the stuff, it, it's going to be. It's incredible. So, <laughs> thank Meredith, thank you so much. Until next time, you've been listening to this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.